Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. See, he basically got a bank buyout at a deal, like a sweetheart deal, like a hot damn, who do I got to know to that get that kind of deal? I'm buying banks? Like Silicon Valley Bank for pennies on the dollar? I'm getting all those deposits? I mean, you got to admit, there are sweetheart deals, and then there are sweetheart deals, and then there's... Then there's sweetheart deals. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on? 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. Meanwhile, that's happening and that sent markets up. But right now, the story coming out, Bob Iger in a memo to Disney employees. Hey, guess what? The layoffs are coming. That is so rude of me. Holy crap. I'd like to apologize to everybody right now. All Everybody at Disney, everybody everywhere. People are going to lose their jobs. And here's Tony Katz. Just, uh, I mean, that's just, that is just rude and wrong. And I'm terribly, terribly sorry that people are going to lose their jobs at Disney. Unless, of course, they're at ESPN. In which case, screw those people. See? See? ESPN people lose their job, and Angel gets their wings. F these people. My gosh! What is wrong with me? What did ESPN ever do to me? Oh, that's right. Keith Olbermann. See? Ew, David. Exactly. Anybody thinking that somehow bad times aren't ahead is out of their head. There are going to be 7,000 job cuts at Disney, this according to the memo sent by the chief executive, Bob Iger. Part of their plan to reduce corporate spending, they want to increase cash flow. They stated they wanted to cut $5.5 billion in costs. $3 billion from content spend. Now, that's weird. Because content is what you need for people to, to show up to your stuff. To see your stuff, to stream your stuff, you need content. Turns out the people are totally into it. Totes into it. Well, we'll see. We'll see who ends up getting laid off. Although I got to admit, the Disney conversation and the Disney layoff conversation, that's been going on for a while. I should say the ESPN layoff conversation. That's been going on for a while. It's been a lot, a lot, a lot of talk uh, about that. Now I'm going to get more into the banking thing. I I, I, I promise. But while we're on the, the, the conversation of work, I know I. you want me to talk about Trump's speech in Waco? I'll, I'll do it. You want me to talk about Joe Biden and the embarrassment of his statement about the border? Republicans want to slash border security. Republicans aren't keeping you safe at the border. We need to put more money into our border. Joe Biden actually put that out in a tweet. Who does he get to believe such a thing? 
that somehow it's the Republican Party that's looking to slash border security. The border has been problematic and getting worse for over two years now, and that's all Joe Biden's fault. It's all Alejandro Mayorkas's fault. It is all the administration's fault, and that is not partisan. That is factual because they're the party in charge, and the concept of immigration and the border, that is under the purview of the president of the United States. And instead, what do we get? Those Republicans are cutting the budget. We want to make the border stronger. We're the Democratic Party. And here's our theme song. Hold on. I said, was that playing? Did that play, Ryan? Is it just me? Am I slowly losing my mind? Let me try that again. Oh, it is me. Oh, man. You mean I had the timing right, just my headphones went to crap. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Live and learn. What do you know? Turns out even when things aren't working, I'm still figuring it out. That from Biden was, of course, maddening. This one's not. It's just the time that has people weird. There was a memo sent out by Elon Musk, and it went to uh, all of uh, his people all the people who work at Twitter. And it said, uh, you got to be back in the office. The office is not optional. What uh, was part of the memo. And he sent it at 2.30 in the morning. And people are like, dude, was he he high when he sent it? I mean, why would you, why would you send that out? Seriously, what's what's your deal? The the memo was remote work is no longer acceptable. Every time I do one of these stories, or I share one of these stories, I know that I'm putting myself in tremendous danger because I'm a guy who works from home. But the work I do is completely binary. I am either on the air or I am not. I mean, that, that's, that's just the way it is. I, I'm either doing it or I'm not. So there's no question about the, the content that, that we do here or the show that we do, right? My issue is not being in the studio, not being in an office. But I think we've all come to the understanding that there's a fair, if not large amount of people who are doing beyond the bare minimum and expecting to get paid the maximum, and simply that's not tenable. This is an important lesson. You are only valuable as an employee if you can create more value than what you're being paid, which is sometimes frustrating. But if you want the full value of what you're being paid, you got to be working for yourself. But then you might need people to work with you and you have to pay them. And you know what you need out of them? An extra dollar for every dollar you're giving them or a certain amount of dollars. So let's say, let's say I hire you. Let's say I hire you and, and we'll call it $20 an hour. We'll call it $20 an hour. What can I say? I'm a giver. At $20 an hour, if you're not generating $21 an hour worth of output, why have I hired you? What is the purpose? If the objective of the hiring is to 
get back a return, there actually has to be a return. That return is $21. Otherwise, I've broken even, which didn't help me, or I'm losing, which of course doesn't help me. Are you telling me that the employee does not understand that their job is to create value that their employer is then able to capitalize on and profit off of? The progressive will see this as an unbelievably offensive comment. You see, you're profiting off off the back of the worker. Allow me to say, for the record, yes. Change approved. Yes, exactly what you're doing, and that is good. If I have a business and I am unable to profit off of the person I have hired, I don't have a business. I have a money pit that's going to ruin me. Why should Elon Musk have a business that other people, these employees who refuse to show up to the office, uh, think of as, well, he's got billions of dollars. It doesn't matter what he pays me. Why should he pay you at all? You're not worth anything. I don't want to have to come into the office. I don't want to have to answer anybody. I should be able to take uh, as much time as I want for a project, whatever. the. Who are these people? F these people. They're not worth your time. Last summer, he sent a note to Tesla employees saying they were required to spend a minimum of 40 hours uh, in the office a week. Remote work is no longer acceptable. May I suggest to all the people who are uh, interested, who are, who are not interested in working this way to, to go find another job? Oh, oh all, the, all the coding jobs are going away? All the tech jobs at Microsoft and at Amazon, uh, people are getting laid off everywhere. And now you're seeing the layoffs uh, at uh, at um, uh, uh, Dis- Disney. Where are you going to get a job? Well, uh, may I suggest uh, don't learn to code, learn to drive. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. This whole morning, as I've been watching these things with the banks, and I I spoke with Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, I'll share that with you. There is reality, and there is what they tell you. Joe Biden has all of the powers president of the United States to do something about the border. Congress has all the ability to do something about the border. Instead, fentanyl makes its way to us and our kids. And Joe Biden tweets, Republicans want to slash border funding because it's a funny political game as opposed to life and death and the future of the whole damn country. Why are we, why are we accepting this? Why should Elon Musk... Accept the idea that people don't come into office. Why should anybody? Everybody who's been working from home is not somehow taking advantage. But far too many people are. And an employer is allowed to say, this doesn't work for me. And the employee 
I'm not saying they have a right to hit you. I'm not saying you shouldn't be compensated for what you do and you can always leave the job. But stop thinking you're so damn special. You're not. You're replaceable. Guess what? So am I. It's a trend uh, of conversations today about the ability to be replaced. You don't want to be replaced, go start your own thing. You'll be the guy or the gal or whatever, and that's it. But stop. It's like university students who show up as freshmen and think two weeks in they can engage a protest to tell the administration how to do things. The administration can tell these kids one of two things. One, you don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. You got no say here. You're a freshman. Or, to bring it full circle, they can tell them this. We don't care how you feel about anything. There's the door. If you don't like it here, go to Cal Berkeley. Oh, that's right. You weren't smart enough to get into Cal Berkeley. Now shut your mouth and go to class. This idea that you as the 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 body the 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 person that created the thing investing in the thing built the thing and then others get to dictate to you how you run your business or how you run your school or how you run your life or how you run society i don't get told by 19 year olds how i'm supposed to act i tell 19 year olds how they're supposed to act that's that it is, it is phenomenal to watch. And it's not that every 18-year-old or 19-year-old somehow needs this lesson. Lots of good... De- I don't care what you want to say about millennials or Gen Z. Lots of good, decent people out there. Even the younger. Feel the air quotes. By the way, you want to feel old? I went to Nashville. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't think of myself as older, but... <laughs> <laughs> they do. We'll get to that in a second. The employer has rights. And the employer gets to set how this works. And universities should take more opportunities to remind incoming freshmen that they don't know crap. Not angry, that's just a fact. And you got to operate in our system. We're not changing for you. And if you don't like it, leave. There has to be some stand-up, and there has to be support for the people who are standing up. Do I like the fact that Disney is cutting jobs? Well, not necessarily, unless, of course, as I said, it's at ESPN. Change approved. What I care about is that they think this is what's necessary to keep their business lean, strong, and growing in a coming bad economy. The already in bad economy and the coming bad economy. And people are going to tell you that soon, hey, you can't fire us. The economy is bad. (laughs) You should have been planning for that and thinking of another job. And trust me, they're out there. Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.
So the story is just breaking. We're trying to get everything we can on it to see what's going on. There's a shooting at a school in Nashville known as the Nashville Christian School. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Uh, It was uh, founded in 2001, part of the Covenant Presbyterian Church has 200 students. Don't know at this moment if we're talking about a student or an adult or others. We do know that the person referred to as the gunman in this shooting is dead. The shooter was engaged by MNPD, which I believe is Metropolitan National Police Department. The Metro National Police Department, that's correct, and is dead. That is what police have said on Twitter. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Metro Nashville Police also putting out an active shooter event has taken place at Covenant School, Covenant Presbyterian Church on Burton Hills Drive. The shooter was engaged by the Metro Nashville Police Department and is dead. Student reunification with parents is at Woodmont Baptist Church on Woodmont Boulevard. So what happened? Um, Who this is, the story, that none of that as of this moment is known not not a single part of this is is um has made any level <laughs> excuse me of the breaking news when it's out i'll have it for you but i assume people are just trying to get to their kids there's uh, some investigation to be done we'll have much more of the full story uh tomorrow i should also get into it. i don't know if i'll get to it today or not because I also want to talk about what's going on with Israel because it's nuts. No no government can look more like a clown show in terms of its setup and operation than the Israeli government. But even this for Israel is just out of control. And in, in an odd twist, I don't think that the Israeli government is necessarily wrong. Because you elected Benjamin Netanyahu, he said, I want to engage a change of the judiciary. I'm running on this as a platform. And now he won. He's going to do it. And people are like, wait a second. And that's now led to fires in the streets. It's crazy what's going on. Crazy. So I will have that full uh, story as well. But man... Janet Yellen did a number on banks as I see it. Telling Senator Lankford that we are going to bail out the banks that really deserve it. You know, our friends. I mean, she didn't use the word friends, but wait till you hear it. She, she, might, as, she might as well have. She might as well have said, well, the people that we like, they'll get the sweet, 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 sweet deal. Wow. So I've got that for you as well. Trump, you know, I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. We'll get to Trump. We'll get to Israel. We'll see if there are any updates on this shooting. I'm, I haven't pulled my bank, I haven't pulled my money out of the bank yet. And I really don't think I'm going to. But holy cow, things are going to get weird and ugly. Because it's very obvious that if you're going to privatize the gains and socialize the losses, everybody wants in. And Janet Yellen was the starting pistol to, hey, 
Only put your money in big banks because we won't bail out those small banks. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Now, we are watching in real time what's happening with the banks uh, across America. We're watching in real time how clearly the federal government engaged a bailout of Silicon Valley Bank. We watched it happen. We watched it take place. But were we really prepared to have Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, admit to us that all the banks are the same or all the banks are equal, but some are more equal than others. Will the deposits in every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of their size, be fully insured now? Are they fully recovered? Every bank, every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of the size of the deposit, will they get the same treatment that SVBP just got or Signature Bank just got? A bank only gets that treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, a supermajority of the Fed board, and I, in consultation with the president, determine that the failure to protect uninsured depositors would create systemic risk and significant economic and financial consequences. So what is and your we plan? Made that determination. Right. right. So, so what is your banks. plan to keep large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks? We have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade. I'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say, we're not going to make you whole, but if you go to one of our preferred banks, we will make you whole at that point. Um, look, I mean, we're, that's certainly not something that we're encouraging. That has happened. Thank goodness she's not encouraging it because she's not holding up a sign and saying, go do this. She's not encouraging it. She's very much encouraging the thing. Guys, good to be with you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Let me bring in Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Um, uh, can I share a, 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 a part of a uh, text that you sent me? that you said that I could uh, could share. I'm not going to I'm not going to show the text, but you sent me that clip. Yes. You sent me that clip uh, over the weekend via text and all I responded with was Janet Yellen's a mess. Excellent questions from from Senator Lankford there of of Oklahoma. But isn't this stating, uh, sir, uh, an economist as you are, to, to economists, to banks, to investors, to everybody, that there are some banks that simply aren't going to be taken care of, and you better be with the right bank before it's too late? Tony, that's 100% what is being said here. She is causing the contagion. She is causing the systematic risk that she says she's trying to avoid, Tony, because she's saying to the big depositors in the big banks, we will protect you. But if you're in a local bank, we won't protect you. Tony, this is insane. In what world do we say this? And then you know what's gonna happen. I mean, we all know what's gonna happen. That, that either people will leave the small banks and they will go to the big banks because they feel that's the only place they're safe and the local banks will be left with high risk. Because the high risk depositors, Tony, the high risk depositors were made whole at SVB, 
the high risk crypto venture capital depositors were made whole. So they've got all their cash. And where are they going to go? Who's going to offer them a high rate? Who's desperate for their deposits, Tony? The regional banks are desperate for their deposits and are going to pay them to get those deposits because Janet Yellen has caused them to lose their depositor base. Now, let's take a, a, a step back by maybe looking at just what's happened today, where you see a group called First Citizens Bank picking up a massive chunk of Silicon Valley Bank. That was the bank that, of course, uh, went under where people were bailed out who, and, and we use the term bailout because I honestly, I don't know how it isn't considered a bailout by some. Uh, bailed out people who uh, were risky investors, got their money back. And it seems to me that this first citizens group, $75 billion worth of banking they picked up for $16 billion. I'm no expert, sir, but I consider that to be a pretty good deal if I can get it. Exactly how good of a sweetheart deal did first citizens get, or is this just standard practice? No, it's not standard practice, Tony. They're picking up billion, $56 billion in deposits, $56 billion in deposits and $72 billion in loans at a discount price of $16 billion, Tony, $16 billion. You and I are paying for that. You and I are the ones that are subsidizing that purchase that First Citizens got. You and I are paying for that. And it's mostly being paid by the regional banks, the small regional banks, the mom and pop depositors through higher fees that have already been assessed, Tony, you're paying for this acquisition, this bailout of Silicon Valley venture capital crypto bank subsidized by you, the taxpayer. Thank you, Janet Yellen. Now, sh sh go through, sir, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Talk to me about how we are the ones who pay for it. Is it just a straight tax uh, conversation? Your tax dollars here, now it's going to go to these people. Thank you very much. Or is there something else that we should be expecting down the road that, again, with our tax dollars, that means we're paying for it? How does it actually get paid for? The FDIC pool of money, Tony, is what's paying for this. And SVB took between 10 and 15%. The Wall Street Journal says 10%. My math is 15%. 15% of the entire FDIC insurance pool, poof, gone for one bank. So how did you pay for it, you asked? You paid for it because it is assessed, and it says this in the FDIC documents, the community banks are assessed a fee to replenish the pool. So your bank, Tony, down the street here, they are being assessed a fee in order to replenish that insurance pool. But here's how they're doing it, Tony. How much are you and I getting on a CD right now? Less than 1%. Non-retail customers of the big banks are getting 5%. So you and I are getting less money. You hear all this 5% treasuries, 4 5% CDs. Where is it, Tony? Ask anybody with a less than 250K deposit. Are you getting 5% on your CDs? The answer is no. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa. You're making an argument that retail customers are getting far less as a return on their CD than what non-retail customers are getting. Is that a conversation? Because one could argue, well, if they're investing more money and putting more money in the bank, they could be getting a better return. Tony, it is a fact that that's what's happening. And I sent you two screenshots. And I'm okay if we tell people about it because one of them is a screenshot from Fifth Thirds Bank for retail customers in Indiana. You and I, we cannot get more than 1%. Then you saw a screenshot for non-retail commercial customers who they're offering 5.05% on a CD today. 
Today, Tony, the retail, mom and pop are getting less than one. The big dogs that the FDIC is, is taking care of and Janet Yellen's taking care of are getting over 5%. That's how we're paying for it, Tony. We're is paying it, for it because we're not getting any money out of the bank. So those people who are the large-scale investors are still getting paid, and we're paying for it by not giving us, a smaller-scale investor, less than 250000 as as you would describe it just in this conversation. It's by not giving us a return, but, well, if we're not getting a return, why the hell would we put our money in the bank to begin with? That's the whole point, Tony. She wants you to take your money out of the community bank and put it into the big, the big giant national banks. That's what she's incentivizing. She said so in that Senate testimony. We saw it clear as day. But, Tony, it's worse because the person who goes into the, the Fifth Third Bank and gets 5%, this massive investor, why do they have the money to invest in Fifth Third? Because they just got bailed out of SVB. Tony, you're, you're paying coming and going as the taxpayer in this situation. You bail them out of SVB, and now you're subsidizing them to get a higher rate at a local bank because a local bank is desperate for depositors. Why? Because Janet Yellen pushed them away. Okay. Let's take a moment as I'm trying to get this downloaded for everybody uh, to see. I'm going to get it up in a second. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Let's go over this again just to make sure I'm, I'm following every which way. You are an investor or you are a depositor at some local bank. Your argument is that those people aren't going to get any any return at a local bank, but if they were to go to a larger scale bank, a Chase, for example, there they'll get the return? I, Tony, I haven't looked at the Chase website and looked at their returns. I cannot tell you that for a fact because I haven't looked that data up, but yes, the, the, yes, the fact is that you would get a better return at a larger national bank, but it's safer. That's more important. Forget about the return, Tony. If you're a small you know, depositor, you have $200,000, $100,000. Are you going to take a risk of losing that money? No, you're going, to go to a, you're going to go to a larger bank because there you're going to be safe. When Janet Yellen says to uh, Senator Langford, as she did, I mean, you, you saw it with your own eyes, you heard it with your own ears, that not every bank gets bailed out. Only banks that could lead to some level of systemic risk. You know, I use the animal farm line, but she really is saying we decide whether or not the bank is worth it. So when you as an economist hear that, when the markets hear that, what is that response? My response is she's creating the systematic risk, Tony. You keep saying very well that we're privatizing profits and socializing losses. That's exactly what is happening here. Janet Yellen is saying that if you go to a regional bank, you may lose your money. If you go stay in a big bank, you're going to keep it. That is a statement of creating contagion. She is causing a run on local banks when she says that. Why doesn't she say, well, we will guarantee all retail deposits, regardless of the size, regardless of the bank? Tony, SVP, 94%, 94% of their deposits were non-retail. I don't know what the local banks are, but it's substantially, substantially lower than that. You know, I, I, ha I have some people commenting, and here's a comment. My credit union is paying 4% on high-yield savings. That's pretty good. How do you – I mean, is this what we're talking about? No, that, that is actually a good case, Tony. That's a good example. Yes, a credit union separate than a bank 
is, is paying a little a better rate. See, th that's my point, Tony. You can shop around and find better deals. Credit unions are in a different game. They're not in the same high risk category as she has put regional banks into. So yes, you look at the Fifth Third website, you're getting less than 1%. This, this credit union's paying four. So the answer to your earlier question, yes, you can get better rates somewhere else. So what are you gonna do with your money? You're gonna move it. Why isn't, but now let's dig deeper. Why isn't the regional bank giving a, a, a better rate? They've been, you know, it's, it's one thing to say that Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, is trying to incentivize people to go to, to a larger bank because she's claiming that's where your money will be protected. It doesn't answer the question is why the regional bank isn't paying more. Well, it is, it is, Tony. Let me explain how that works. It is, they've lost depositors. And so now they need deposits back in their bank and they're desperate. They can go, you know, offer you a free toaster, you know, to get one, you know, a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars here and there, or they can go to some multi-million dollar non-retail depositor and say, hey, you can solve my problem in one fell swoop. Here's 5%. And that's what they're doing. I got to tell you, that that creates a tremendous amount of of, of confusion. It, 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 you're, you're now making the argument that the, the, the banks themselves don't want someone like me or you as a client? No, no, no. It's that it's, it's harder to get us. So let me back up a little bit. If they have a huge outflow of depositors, they need to replace those depositors. How do they do that? It's very difficult to keep getting a lot of small depositors to make up that ground. They can find one person, a multi-million dollar or billion dollar depositor to catch up all in one swoop, and that's what they're doing. They're offering a bigger carrot to that person who brings a lot of money all at once. So that leads us to talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, as to whether or not these regional players are in a safe place anyway. You know, we started this conversation a couple weeks ago based on the conversations and based on my own investigation. I didn't feel that banks were in a, a bad spot. I didn't think they were in a dangerous spot. Last week, I started asking some serious questions. Based on this Janet Yellen conversation, now how you're explaining it, that would signal to me that there are a fair amount or at least some amount of regional players that have discovered they've got too much going out to depositors and not enough coming in. They're in an unsustainable uh, position. And then you have the chairman of the, of the uh, Minneapolis Federal Reserve discussing how the stress tests can start leading its way towards recession. So do you think that there are regional players, regional banks that are about to feel a crunch and are going to have to be purchased by somebody else? And do you believe that all this banking conversation leads us to recession where I actually thought we were anyway? You know, Tony, I'll say it. I said it last week and I'll say it again today. You are very much on top of it. You 100 percent hit the nail on the head when you said last week it went from good to feeling a little bad. And just now you made the statement. Are there some regional banks? And the answer is yes. That is exactly the right way to phrase it. There are some regional banks that are at risk right now. And we know that because some of them are a little bit more aggressive, like SVB was. And some of them are very safe. Uh, I mentioned that last week the Argus Research Report that showed some of the local banks like Huntington and Old National are very safe. They don't have that same interest rate risk that other banks have. Um, I'm not saying, because you know this is for public display, I'm not saying that Fifth Third has a risk. I'm not saying that. I haven't done the analysis. But the difference between their CD rates causes me concern. 
Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. We're going to keep our eyes on this. Uh, just in, in, in one second, though, uh, did Janet Yellen create more of a problem with her statement to Senator Langford, yes or no? Yes. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you, as always, taking uh, the time, and uh, we're keeping our eyes on it. We are keeping our eyes on it. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. Uh, in terms of the, the Russia's war, uh, again, unprovoked in Ukraine, uh, there have been a number of impacts globally and to the United States included, uh, in particular as it relates to uh, the, the prevalence of our ability to have access to certain foods and, and grain in particular globally has been a big issue. So we have seen a spike in the cost of food, for example. And it is something that we are addressing. We saw inflated um, prices in terms of gas, um, which which exacted a pretty significant toll on American families. We are now recovering because of some of the measures that our administration has taken to, to bring down the cost to American families. Basically, what I just said makes more sense than what Kamala Harris just said. Everything about her. She's in Ghana speaking uh, at a a news conference. She just can't do it. She cannot hold a thought. She cannot come across as cogent. And as the stories go, it's that she won't study. She won't do the work. She doesn't have the mind to do the work necessary. And even her staff is... Why won't you just study Kamala Harris? Gift that keeps on giving, I just don't know to whom. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.